Greetings fellow captains and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Today in Rank Amateur we have a ship that holds a special place in my heart. Today we're gonna go over the USS Wyoming. You might be thinking, well, okay, so why does it hold a special place in your heart? Well, um, it's because the Battle, uh, the U.S. battleship line was one of the first lines that actually attempted going up, and there was a bit of a hiatus around, I don't know, Tier 6 because New Mexico sucks, um, where I waited a, I don't know, a few years <laughs> and didn't touch the line, but the USS Wyoming was one of my favorite low-tier ships, and still is, like, my favorite low-tier ship. It's one of my favorite ships to play when things just aren't going well at high tiers. So that's why it holds a special place in my heart. But... Let's go over the World of Warships news before we go over the history of USS Wyoming. Um, yeah, and there is none, basically. Um, they haven't really done much since since I've been gone on uh, my temporary hiatus. Uh, they 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 reached they um, released the steps to pool, I guess. Which I mean, it's basically just um, a Siegfried with a super heal and Russian accuracy, uh, or Russian ballistics, I should say, and. Um, they, there's the dry dock on uh, building Puerto Rico, which one of my friends paid all the way through to get to Puerto Rico. So, yeah, may, maybe not the smartest decision there, but, you know, to each his own, I guess. Um, they've already completed the first brawl of uh, two-on-two Tier 7 ships, and they're on their second brawl right now. Uh, or maybe that just ended. It was um, This week it was going on. Um, yes, it actually just ended. Um, but this week had seen the 12v12 Tier 6 Battleship Brawl, which I think was kind of dumb. I mean, it was a good idea. It was kind of, I guess, a funny meme, sort of. It's like, okay, well, let's just take as many battleships as we can fit on a server and just have them fight it to the death. And it was a good idea, but in practice, it was impractical and really not fun at all, in my opinion. Because everyone was just so slow, the battle progressed so horribly, and anytime you got hit with anything, it hurt a lot. It was, and it seemed like, at least, I mean, I always have bad luck, but basically, whenever I would hit someone, it'd be like, okay, you had like nine overpens or seven overpens and one penetration, you did a grand total of 1,200 damage to your ship. And then they hit me back for a total of like 7k salvo and like everyone's shooting at me. It, it was it was not great, especially on the ocean map. It just, it wasn't, it was a good, good try to get something different, but it really... It wasn't what I wanted it to be, or what I was expecting, and what I pressed the battle button for. So I, um, yeah, I, I ended up playing it like a few times, and that was it. Uh, they did have a new sound update in uh, 0 0.1 or 11.7. Um, yeah, basically just added button sounds, and I, I don't particularly care for them, but I know some people like them a lot, so. It's kind of a preference thing. I wish there was a way to turn it off, and maybe there is. Maybe I just haven't been paying attention. And I, I mean, I get what they're trying to do with it, but um, I, I just don't like it. Maybe it's just because I have been playing the game for a long time and aren't necessarily conducive to change anymore. Uh, whatever. Um, yeah, so now the brawl is uh, 4v4. So <laughs> speaking of Tier 4 ships, yeah, it's it's uh, uh, 4v4 playing Tier 4, which that kind of sounds fun. Um, it's going to be the 22nd through the 29th of August, and um, it should be fun. It should definitely be fun. Uh, 
So I'm I'm really looking forward to that because you got small maps and low tier ships just kind of duking it out because there's not much skill that happens down at tier four uh, on a typical basis because the ships are meant to be basic enough that uh, new players can play to and without much skill to a moderate degree of success. So um, yeah, that's kind of that that should be fun because there shouldn't really be a you know, there's not 18-inch guns. There isn't a whole lot of overmatch unless you're a cruiser, um, and everything everything is so inaccurate that it's just like lobbing a bunch of shotguns at each or shooting a bunch of shotguns at each other um, and hoping that something hits. So you know, that's that's cool. But now it has come time to go over the history of USS Wyoming, uh, which many ba uh, U.S. Navy battleship commanders will uh, know is actually quite. A quite good ship in World of Warships for its tier, at least in my opinion, and in a lot of other people I know's opinion. Um, and it is kind of ridiculous, really, because it carries 12 305-millimeter guns at tier 4, which is not seen by a lot of ships until tier 5. So it's pretty interesting. Now, it is named for the state of Wyoming, for those of you who maybe don't live in the United States. That's a state out west. Um, it's the state that holds uh, most of uh, Yellowstone National Park um, and has basically no one living in it. It's the least populous state in the United States, even after Alaska. And uh, Rhode Island actually has a uh, higher population than uh, Wyoming. And Rhode Island is like the size of a county. So, you know. Um, so she was laid down on February 9th, 1910. Uh, she was launched on the 25th of May, 1911. She was commissioned on September 25th, 1912. And uh, she had a displacement of 26,000 long tons nominal and fully loaded that only increased about 1,000 tons to 27,243 tons. Um, she had a length of 562 feet, which is 171 meters. Um, that was overall, but at the waterline, she had a length of 554 feet or 169 meters. Uh, she had a beam of 93 feet 3 inches, or 28.42 meters. Uh, she had a draft of 28 feet 6 inches, or 8.69 meters, which is pretty pretty shallow for a battleship her size and of her era, which is uh, the median. And the maximum depth is 29 feet 7 inches, or 9.02 meters. Uh, she had an installed power of t uh, 12 Babcock and Wilcox coal-fired water tube boilers, and her propulsion consisted of four Parsons steam turbines and four screw propellers. Uh, remember, this was after the U.S. Navy started to adopt uh, steam turbines as their primary form of propulsion for their uh, large capital ships. Uh, they used to use uh, triple expansion engines, which were reciprocating steam engines, up until uh, the USS North Dakota was commissioned, uh, which was a Delaware-class battleship. This was around the time that Wyoming was commissioned, but a little bit earlier. I think uh, Delaware was commissioned in, like, 1910, something like that. Uh, or not Delaware, uh, North Dakota was commissioned at that time, and they experimented with turbines on uh, that ship and were able to kind of not perfect them, but work out a lot of the kinks. Uh, she could make a speed of only 20.5 knots, or 23.6 miles per hour. Um, that was designed, but it was found out that the turbines were more powerful than expected, so she made a whopping 21.22 knots in trials, which is literally gunning the engine as hard as you can go. Um, yeah, so that's kind of a pedestrian speed. I mean, you could still water ski off the back of it. It did go 24 miles an hour. But, um, 
as far as world as far as world of warships is concerned it's pedestrian like every other low tier battleship is and it was it was a battleship of its time um it was actually a little slower than a lot of the british uh, battleship contemporaries especially their battle cruisers which could make nearly 30 knots by this point or uh, in just a few years uh, so she carried a crew of 1,600 or 1,063 officers and enlisted crew members. Uh, she carried an armament of 12 305mm 50 caliber Mark 7 guns. She carried a complement of 21 5-inch or 127mm 51 caliber guns. She carried four 3-pounder 47mm uh, 40 caliber saluting guns, which were used only for ceremonial purposes and were generally fixed in place. Uh, and could not be trained on any targets whatsoever. And she carried two 21-inch or 533-millimeter torpedo tubes, which were fixed and submerged below the waterline. Uh, you see torpedoes like this uh, on the British battleships, uh, that, or the British battlecruisers that are now in World of Warships. Uh, she carried, as far as armor, she carried a belt armor of 5 to 11 inches, so 127 to 279 millimeters, which was comparable to other battleships of the time. Uh, her turret faces had 305mm armor, the barbettes had 11 inches of armor, uh, which has 279mm, the conning tower had 11.5 inches of armor, which is 292mm, and the decks were equipped with 1.5 to 2.5 inches of armor, depending on what they were covering, which is 38 to 64mm of armor. So yeah, they were pretty heavily armed, uh, or armed and armored for their time, as uh, U.S. battleships were meant to, to uh, duke it out with other uh, contemporary navies' battleships, and weren't really—they were supposed to take a fight, and they weren't really supposed to run away from it. It was more that oh, I can just outgun everything I'm ever going to come across. I don't need to run away from it. So there was never really seen for there to be a need for them to be fast. Uh, she did carry three float planes, and she had one catapult fitted on turret three. Um, and then after the 1931 refit, this uh, uh, displacement was increased to 26,000 long tons and 27,243 uh, long tons uh, full load. Um, but it was actually decreased from the 1925 to 1927 refit, which modernized her a little bit, which increased the full load to 31,000 long tons, increased the draft to 32 feet, uh, changed the install power to white Forester oil-fired boilers, um, and reduced the amount of 5-inch guns that were on it, uh, added a catapult, so I accidentally skipped on my uh, table here. So it added the catapults, uh, and then they later removed it in 1931, along with turrets uh, 3, 4, and 5, uh, because she was becoming a training ship for the U.S. Navy. And then in 1944, they removed all remaining 12-inch guns and put uh, 10 5-inch 38 caliber dual-purpose guns, the same ones that are found on destroyers, in their place. And just gave her a crazy amount of uh, uh, AA guns so she could efficiently train uh, AA gunmen for uh, the, you know, World War II conflict that was, you know, just a minor conflict that was going on in the, the world at this time. And uh, she actually carried two Mark 17 rocket launchers in that 1944 refit. So she had a, I guess, a sort of interesting service life. Um, she didn't do too much. She, she participated in World War One. She had a pretty much did nothing in her war period as most of the U.S. Navy, then was converted into a training ship for World War II, trained thousands upon thousands of airmen in World War II on airmen, anti-aircraft uh, gunmen, uh, in uh, her training facilities, both onshore and on USS Wyoming itself. There's actually a picture of her just loaded with a 5-inch AA guns and Orlikins and all sorts of different things. 
and she actually became known as the Chesapeake Raider because she spent so much time in the Chesapeake Bay uh, making so much noise that it sounded like that a raid was going on in the Chesapeake Bay when it was just training on USS Wyoming. Uh, she was a common sight in the area, almost daily. USS Wyoming spent the first years of her service life mostly training and taking uh, midshipmen from uh, the Annapolis uh, Naval Academy out for summer cruises and things like that. Uh, the most interesting thing that she did in her early years was participate in ceremonies for the dedication of a monument uh, in memoriam of the armored cruiser Maine, which had exploded just a few years earlier um, on the 15th of February in 1898 in Havana Harbor, very famously uh, blamed on the Spanish government, and it uh, was one of the things that formerly uh, or caused the uh, Spanish-American War, resulting in the U.S. acquisition of Cuba. Um, but it was actually found out that it was just uh, really cheap coal dust that had... Uh, exploded because the U.S. couldn't be bothered to spend uh, money on good coal. So uh, when World War I broke out, the USS Wyoming was uh, cruising off of Yorktown, Virginia when the U.S. De officially declared war on Germany. I guess that's not when World War I broke out, but that's when the U.S. formally entered World War I. Um, they operated out of the Chesapeake Bay area for the next seven months, uh, training engine room personnel, and then on the 25th of November 1917, Battleship Division 9, which was at the time comprised of Wyoming, New York, Delaware, and Florida, departed the U.S. Uh, to join their British counterparts in the British Grand Fleets from its base at Scapa Flow. Um, and they basically just drilled for a while, and they sat there, and they watched for the sortie from the High Seas Fleet until the 6th of February 1918, when uh, USS Wyoming and some other American counterparts uh, undertook their first wartime operation. And it was to escort a convoy to Norway uh, in company with eight British destroyers. Uh, and on the 7th of February, they thought they spotted German U-boats attacking ships within the convoy with torpedoes. However, these were incorrect reports just generated by jumpy crewmen who thought they saw something. It could have been that they actually thought they saw something and didn't just, uh, you know, make it up. That's probably the case, but everyone there was looking for action and wanted to really get into a fight, and so anything looked like a periscope to them. And uh, they, the reports were completely incorrect, and they returned to Norway and back, or they went to Norway and then returned back to Scap Flow without other incidents. And then uh, for the next several months, they patrolled the North Sea looking for a sortie from the German High Seas Fleet. They never saw one. And uh, they covered a mine laying operation on the 30th of June, and that lasted until the 2nd of July. And then they inc incorrectly reported some more U boat sightings. And uh, then they joined up with convoy returning from Norway, went back to Scapa Flow, and then uh, one of the sister, well, not a sister ship, but one of the fellow American ships, uh, battleships, the USS New York, collided with the U-boat and sank it. I actually went over that in my uh, USS New York episode from a while ago. You can go uh, check that out. Um, and it damaged her screws, uh, which forced um, Admiral Rodman to transfer his flag from USS New York to USS Wyoming while the USS New York was in dry dock for repairs on its screws. And on the 21st of November, after the armistice with Germany ended the war, uh, USS Wyoming and uh, other Allied ships escorted um, the high seas fleet from or rendezvoused with the, the captured High Seas Fleet in the North Sea and escorted it to internment at Scapa Flow, and uh, then they left for France. 
rendezvous off of Brest, France with the George Washington, which was carrying President Woodrow Wilson to peace uh, negotiations in Paris. And then Wyoming returned to Britain two days before departing uh, for the U.S., arriving in New York on the 25th of December, 1918. And then she remained there through the new year on and on 18th of January 1919 became the flagship of Battleship Division 7, flying the flag of Rear Admiral Robert Kuntz. During the interwar period from 1919 to 1924, uh, Wyoming did not really do too much. Uh, she uh, escorted, well, she didn't escort, but helped guide a, a group of Navy Curtis NC flying boats that made the first aerial transatlantic crossing of the U.S. Navy. Um, and she was in dry dock for a few repairs and small modernizations. She uh, was the flagship of one of the battleship divisions in the newly formed Pacific Fleet. Spent a lot of her time in the Pacific and around South America. Uh, she did help or uh, in fleet maneuvers, uh, playing the new Colorado-class battleships. And uh, according to the umpires, she successfully defended the fleet, along with uh, escort fighters provided by USS Langley, against uh, the uh, aggressor aircraft in the war game. And uh, from 1925 to 1930, also wasn't super interesting. She received a modernization. Uh, her commander was uh, actually William F. Halsey. So, you know, uh, William Bull Halsey was the commander at that point. Um, she took NROTC, or Naval Reserve Officer Training Corps, cadets from uh, various universities, including Yale, Harvard, Georgia Tech, and Northwestern, uh, throughout for several cruises throughout the Gulf of Mexico, Azores, and to Nova Scotia. Um, during some of these cruises, she picked up, uh, or during one of these cruises, she picked up eight survivors from the wrecked steamship SS uh, Veritas, or Vestris, um, which was steaming down to the River Plate before it uh, suffered uh, major issues, uh, also known as sinking. Um, so yeah, that's that's not great. But they rescued some survivors, and uh, after returning. Um, to Philadelphia on the 1st of January, 1931, USS Wyoming was placed on reduced commission, and under the terms of the London Naval Treaty signed the previous year, she had to be demilitarized, so her uh, anti-torpedo bulges, side armor, and half her main battery guns were removed, and she was placed back in service as a training ship, and cruised the world, actually, uh, visited a lot of different countries in Europe and in South America uh, while she was in this configuration. So, um... Then uh, she was off the Gulf of Maine, and when she received word of the attack on Pearl Harbor on December th uh, the seventh of December, nineteen forty-one, and with the United States entrance in World War Two, uh, she performed her normal duties as a gunnery training ship and operational training command, a United States Atlantic Fleet, starting in February nineteen forty-two. She operated primarily in the Chesapeake Bay, and as I said before, she earned the name the Chesapeake Raider for her frequent sightings in the bay. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to miss a large battleship in the Chesapeake Bay, but, you know. Uh, so these duties continued through the rest of the war, especially after she was modernized at the Norfolk Navy Yard with the latest in fire control technologies and uh, had her last turrets removed and replaced with those 5-inch guns I had said before. And she has trained an estimated 35,000 gunners on seven different types of guns. 5-inch, 3-inch, 1.1-inch, 40mm, 20mm, 50 caliber, and 30 caliber 7.62 weapons. Um, so that's basically just an M1 Garand, uh, mounted on a mount that would allow it to shoot an aircraft. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I mean, it is chambered in 30-odd-6, but still, I don't know about against an aircraft, but, uh, it did do well in small boat defense. 
Anyways, and due to her extensive use as a gun range training ship, she claimed the distinction of firing more ammunition than any other ship in the fleet during the war. So, Wyoming, while she was not a frontline ship in World War II, was a very important ship in World War II, as none of these uh, gunmen and gunnery officers would have been able to do their jobs as well as they did without the real-world experience they gained on USS Wyoming. And I'm sure USS Wyoming has a fine place in many people's hearts. Unfortunately, uh, after uh, the war ended, she didn't really have too much of a use. I mean, she was still training gunnery officers and things like that, and she actually uh, trained the N then ensign Jimmy Cutter, which was obviously the future president of the United States, um, and she, he was part of the final crew of the battleship in 1946, and in 1947, she was put into Norfolk and decommissioned there on the 1st of August, 1947, and uh, her crew was transferred to the ex-battleship USS Mississippi, Miss, Mississippi, Mississippi, which was uh, serving as a gunnery training unit and testing out new missiles and things like that. Uh, the first missiles actually fired, like anti-ship missiles, were fired from the USS Mississippi and her fellow New Mexico-class sister ships because they were stable platforms able to strap a large amount of test munitions on them and they were um easy to modify and uh you know well test different types of uh, munitions on them so that's that i find kind of interesting the battleship fired the very weapon that really kind of killed it along with you know aircraft um yes yeah, so she was stricken from the naval uh, vessel registry on the 16th of september and sold for scrapping on the 30th of october 1947 and she arrived on the 5th of december um in new york and was dismantled by uh, lipset incorporated so that's the end of uss wyoming served a very illustrious career although not as illustrious as it is in world of warships because the ship we have in world of warships is actually uss arkansas so we have the arkansas beta in world of warships and um it is the earlier modernized, well, earlier edition, I guess, if you will, of uh, USS Arkansas when she was um, didn't really have any anti-aircraft guns and had only her primary and secondary armaments. Um, she was further modernized in uh, the interwar period and especially in World War II to the point where she served in World War II, especially in the Atlantic theater, when uh, where naval combat wasn't as critical. And she served as a mainly on bombardment vessel, as most battleships did, in a modern capacity. So she looked like a modern warship. Uh, USS Wyoming never served in a combat capacity in the Second World War, other than training, uh, which I guess isn't a combat capacity. Um, so yeah, basically what the what we think of the the was it this B Hull Wyoming, it, as in uh, World of Warships is actually the modernized USS Arkansas. So that's. I find kind of interesting, but I like to imagine it as if the USS Wyoming had served in uh, World War II, because there was a plan to replace her guns and uh, essentially make her back into a combat-ready ship. But the U.S. Navy just never uh, went through with it because she was such a useful training ship. So let's go through the stats in World of Warships of USS Wyoming. I think personally she's a pretty strong ship. So she carries six turrets of two-gun, uh, six two-gun turrets, 305 millimeter guns each, 50 caliber Mark 7. They have a range of 15.82 kilometers. They have a 30-second reload time. They have 180-degree turn time of an admittedly terrible 51.43 seconds. But remember, this is Tier 4 we're dealing with. The accuracy is pretty terrible as well, with a 1.5 Sigma, maximum dispersion horizontal of 
219 meters, which isn't great, uh, especially at 15 kilometers. Uh, maximum dispersion vertical of 131 meters. Uh, she'll, she'll fire a 305 millimeter HEHC Mark 8 shell with a raw DPM of 100,800 damage. Or, yeah, 100,800 damage. Yes, I read that right. Maximum damage per shell is 4,200, which isn't great. That's comparable to a lot of heavy cruiser shells when you get to higher tiers. But remember, this is tier 4. She has great initial shell velocity at 914 meters a second. Um, I'm not sure about the air drag coefficient, but the shell weight is 336 kilograms. They'll do a depth explosion of 3 meters, an HE penetration of 51 millimeters, burn probability of a not great 23% chance. So you will only get about 1.91 fires per minute. Or that's what you can expect. And you can't even really expect necessarily to get a guaranteed fire per salvo, uh, especially if you don't fire all the guns. Uh, if you fire all the guns, you're only guaranteed, or you only have a 95% chance of uh, fighting, or setting a fire, which may sound like a lot, but when you're continually rolling a dice, it doesn't. you find that it doesn't really happen a lot, especially since uh, there's fire resistance on the other end of the spectrum with the receiving sh uh, ship. Um... As far as the AP shell, it's a 305mm shell, which, you know, is what you expect. It's an AP Mark 15 Mod 1 shell. It'll do 199,200 uh, raw DPM. The maximum damage is 8,300, and that's not great, but the shell velocity is gr pretty great. It's better than most other uh, U.S. Navy battleships at 884 meters a second. The shell weight is 395 kilograms. The ricochet is a standard 45 to 60 uh, degree ricochet. Uh, check and depth explosion is one meter over matches 21 millimeters of armor which is more than enough for the tier threshold is 51 millimeters for the army threshold the fuse time is actually a shortened fuse timer at 0.01 seconds which is kind of interesting to see it on a low tier battleship and i think this is done by wargaming intentionally to ensure that there's less overpens because the armor on cruisers especially is so thin at the tier and uh, to ensure that uh, the battleship experience is a little bit more friendly to um, to uh, the newer players because the armor penetration capacity isn't super great. Uh, secondary armament is laughable. It's literally 627mm guns with a range of 4 kilometers. Don't even spec into it. It's not even worth it. It's not even meme-worthy. A defense is pretty much non-existent. Uh, you have, like, I think a total of, like, 200 DPS, which... Yeah, yeah, close to, like, 250 DPS, which doesn't sound bad, but it's on a Tier 4 battleship, so it does nothing. There's, like, no flak. Um, yeah, it only has medium and close AA. There's no long range, no flak, no nothing like that. Survivability, it does have 43,800 hit points, which is not bad for the tier. Uh, remember, this has protected matchmaking. It will only see Tier 5s and Tier 3s, so it is nice to play. Uh, the... She has standard 60-second fires, can have four fires. They'll do 7,884 damage if you let it burn through. Flooding, um, the prob damage reduction, our probability is 28%. Uh, probability reduction for fire, I forgot to mention, that is 10%, which is nothing. Um, DPS per flood is 219, so a total of 8,760 8, damage per flood. Remember, they burn for only 40, or they, well, they flood, they don't burn, they flood for 40 seconds. And uh, the damage reduction for torpedoes is only 16%, which is not great, but it's not terrible for Tier 4. I mean, ideally, we want to see it a little bit higher, but there are higher tier battleships that do have around that uh, torpedo damage reduction, so it's acceptable. 
at least I find it acceptable when I play this ship and uh, compared to some of the other ships I have. Uh, the concealment is actually, it's actually not bad. It's 13 kilometers. Uh, after firing main guns and smoke, it does rise, it does bloom to 10, and when on fire, that does bloom to 15 kilometers. Uh, from the area, you'll be seen 7 kilometers away. The maximum speed is 20.5 knots, which is really, really not great, considering if you don't have the propulsion, uh, equipment equipped, uh, like the, the upgrade, I guess... It's equipment, and you use XP to research it. There you go. Uh, the, the top speed is only 18 knots space, so yeah, upgrade that right away. Um, as she has a tight turning circle radius of just 590 meters, this ship practically turns on a dime. Um, as far as the rudder shift time is concerned, it is pretty snappy at 11.2 seconds. Generally, you see that a little bit uh, slower for a lot of lower-tier battleships, so that is nice to see. She does get standard damage con, Um well, actually, for U.S. Navy standard damage cons, so she does have a consumable action time of 20 seconds and a reload of 80 seconds. So it's really, it was really a handy damage control at the tier, especially when you're getting set on fire from every angle. Uh, she has a repair party of four consumables. HP per second is 0 0.66. Uh, action time is 28 seconds, and the reload time is 80 seconds. So it's pretty standard. Uh, she has a spot on aircraft, 20% buff to your firing range. Four consumables, a reload time of 240 seconds, and an action time of 100 seconds. So pretty standard there too. As far as upgrades are concerned, we're going to go with main armaments mod 1, and um, I would say um, damage control system modification. Well, you can go with steering system or engine room protection, um, but I don't really find my engine being disabled too much, and if it does, is, I just generally damage control it. I like the reduction in uh, catching fire and, ca and uh, being flooded, so that's, uh, that's pretty neat. Um, you only get those two upgrades because it is a tier 4 ship. And as far as skills are concerned, a lot of people don't have a whole lot of, um, uh, I guess, a whole lot of skill points at this tier because they're usually just starting out. So we'll assume that you have 10 skill points. As far as your first skill is concerned, I mean, I'll, I'll preface this by saying you don't really need many skills with this ship. It's, it's really not a skill-heavy ship, and they're designed to be that way at lower tiers, so it really is... Well, what do you want it to become? I mean, I find it to be useful if you have preventative maintenance, because I do find that sometimes the turrets get disabled, uh, depending on if they're penned or not, or well, obviously, obviously depending if they're penned or not, but I find that you get a lot of them, but it is annoying when you disable them, because some of them don't have um, greatest firing angles, so it means that it's, they may not be able to fire on all the targets, so having all your as many turrets as you can uh, certainly has a huge impact. You could go with emergency repair specialist, um... But I was, that's probably the only two. I don't really see the need for gun feeder because you don't generally switch shell types in this ship. It's generally just armor piercing all the way. Um, incoming fire alert, not super useful because it's a battleship. It doesn't really need to know that. And a good player should be able to see when ship, uh, ships are coming, firing at you. So I guess if you need to work on situational awareness, maybe you should have that. But I would go with preventative maintenance or as emergency repair specialist. Then for the second tier, you have a, a, a few more choices. Uh, you could go with Grease the Gears to get that horrendous turret traverse down a bit. Um, personally, I would go with Priority Target just uh, first, and that helps, um, I guess that helps with knowing how many people are targeting you and if you should fire or not. Uh, vigilance for uh, the torpedo acquisition buff and damage reduction buff. Um, that can help you out, um, but I'll, I'll I'll go with uh, emergency repair special or no I'll go with uh, priority targets, and then um, 
as far as uh, three point skills, adrenaline rush is generally advised, um, and that's generally what I take. You could take uh, improved repair party readiness, but I, I, I don't think it's super useful. It doesn't provide that big of a buff. You could take the basics of survivability. Uh, that is pretty useful, especially for high tier ships. But I, I see adrenaline rush as being the most useful. And then I would take our emergency repair expert in the top tier. Um, that provides you an extra charge of heal. It reduces the uh, consume or increases the consumable action time of all those things. And it's it's a really useful skill, especially for higher tier battleships, which most people are going to try and go for anyways. So. It's good to get those skills pre-trained on your ships. You could uh, go with Concealment Expert. Uh, that'll bring your Concealment down to a pretty good 12.26 kilometers, but it's not super useful in a battleship that already has pretty good Concealment to start with. So I would go back and get the basics of survivability, and then I'd go back and get Grease the Gears if I was going to uh, have extra points on my commander. If I had even more points on my commander, uh, I might do uh, maybe close quarters combat, because uh, combat does tend to get pretty up in your face at low tiers. Um, but I, I might do uh, fire prevention for the for a 19-point commander, and then Vigilance for a full 21-point commander. So if you have a full 21-point commander that you're willing to put on your Wyoming for whatever reason, uh, you're going to go with Preventative Maintenance, uh, Priority Target, uh, Adrenaline Rush, and Emergency Repair Expert, then go back and grab Greasy Gears, uh, Basic Survivability, Fire Prevention, and Vigilance. And as far as signal flags are concerned, typical battleship signal flags will do. So Juliet Charlie, India Yankee, Juliet Yankee uh, Bissell 2. So anti-flooding, anti-magazine detonation, anti-fire. Uh, India Delta for the uh, heal buff. Uh, Sierra Mike if you want to go slightly faster than walking pace. Uh, November Foxtrot to reduce the cooldown of your uh, of your consumables. There we go. Hotel Yankee for ramming because, as I said, the combat at low tiers can get quite up in your face, especially if you play a lot of co-op battles. Um, and I think that's pretty much all you need. Uh, the other ones don't really apply to you that much unless you want to set people on fire. So, what does that change? Well, it changes a lot. Your torpedo damage reduction now is up to... Uh, 23%, which is very respectable. Your damage control party has an action time of 22 seconds, which is great. Their repair party consumable action time is 20 or is 30.8 seconds and has an HP per second of 0.792% and has five charges. So that's pretty great. Um, what else? You can only have three fires now. Uh, and your turrets will swing around now in a mere 42.86 seconds. So really not great, but at least it's not as bad as it used to be. And your modules have a 30% uh, less chance of getting incapacitated. Your main battery repair survivability is increased by 50%. So basically, your modules will never be destroyed, or almost never be destroyed. Like, rarely are they ever destroyed with this configuration. Um... But, and if they're disabled, they're going to be fixed really, really quickly. Uh, fires will now only burn for 40.8 seconds, and flooding will only last 27 seconds. So basically, unless you're, you have like four fires burning, or three or four fires burning, um, or double floods, you really don't need the damage control. Even two fires can be survived in this ship. It's really not bad. Now, how does this ship play? Well, um... Uh, well, it's it's a low tier battleship. What more can I say? You you 
you drive at the enemy and you, you do get out with them. It's it really is a ton of fun to play. I personally, it's the ship that I use to get some of my friends uh, used to World of Warships. We go and. Um, some of my friends who maybe aren't as proficient in World of Warships will go into a training battle, and I'll demonstrate some of the things on the Wyoming, because it is just, it's one of the more basic ships, but it is a very good ship. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a sports car that's actually a sports car, not a luxury sports car, if you know what I mean. Like, the most fun sports cars, like the Mazda Miata and things like that, they don't have any luxury, or hardly any luxury, they may not even have, like, air conditioning, but they're just an engine and wheels and it's a in a high performance engine high performance suspension and wheels and everything and it's a lot of fun to drive it's just it is really so much fun it's for the experience of driving and not necessarily being having all these luxuries and gimmicks around you and that's what the Wyoming is there is zero gimmicks i mean it literally has three consumables that's it there's no gimmicks to be seen on this thing there's no reload boosters and or anything there's obviously no radar it's tier four and neither do any of the other ships around it have that. So it is just a lot of fun. Like when high tiers are just getting too frustrating, I'll take this into randoms or co-op or something like that with my friends and we'll just have a blast. Just, you know, just like blasting around. And cruisers show broadside all the time. So you just load the guns with your armor piercing and show them that broadside's really not the way to be in a cruiser. Uh, I've gotten so many dev strikes with this thing. Just I've done um, amazing things in random because it is yeah it is seal clubbing. I get that, and some people are like oh you get seal club, and it's too much fun though. I I, I like it, and it's it. I mean you you forget that lower tier battles generally don't last long, so you can do it in like ten minutes. You can go ten minutes in low tier battle, have a ton of fun, then go up to a high tier battle, and uh, probably have a ton of fun there. But if you if high tiers just not not your uh, not suiting your fancy on a certain day, then you should, um, I, I would recommend this ship. Even if you hate U.S. Navy battleships, I would recommend grinding up to just this ship, so, you know, free XP, basically free XP in the South Carolina, and then coming up to the Wyoming, because it is just so much fun. It's just a ton of guns bolted onto a floating, uh, castle, and then, um, yeah, in... It's extremely combat effective. The the Wyoming's armor is nigh impenetrable at the tier, and I wouldn't want to call it overpowered, but it's really good at the tier, in my opinion. I mean, some people are going to go out and say that they hate it and everything like that, that they found it, that it's inaccurate and everything, but you have to remember, it's a low-tier ship. It is meant to demonstrate the basics of aiming, the basics of positioning, and the basics of being a decent battleship player in World of Warships to those of them, those people who have never been exposed to this. So, I see nothing wrong with it, and like I said, it's a blast. There's really, I mean, it's the most basic form of playing. You go to a flank, if you're overwhelmed, you kite. If, you, if you're able to push, then you push all the way through the flank and around the back of the enemy team. That's pretty much it for playstyle. And I don't want to ramble on any more than I already have. I know most of you know how to play these ships because they are so simple. And I just recommend keeping one or two like, low-tier ships around, even if they're premium ships. Keep them around because they're a lot of fun. And when there is a stressful day or something like that, or World of Warships is just not behaving well, um, then I'll come down to Tier 4. It's the only Tier 4 ship I've actually kept. I have a, I have a ship, or at least I used to have a ship from every single tier in, uh, in my port. I do, except for, t right now, except for Tier 3, uh, because I, Tier 3 and Tier 1, 
because I got the Takabana in the Heisen uh, event a long time ago. That ship's also a blast. I think that's going to be in my next episode. There's not much history on that ship, but it is a blast to play. And this this ship is also a blast. I, I, I love it. So um, that is my opinion on USS Wyoming. It is one of my favorite ships in World of Warships, uh, if not my favorite, because it's so basic and it's so much fun. It is such a step up from the South Carolina Tier 3, and... Yeah, that's that's my opinion, and I'm going to stop there before I bore you guys with rambling. So, if you guys like this episode, be sure to let me know. Um, my email is rankamateurpodcast at gmail.com, especially if you have any suggestions or anything like that for future episodes, future ships that we should do, uh, any comments or questions about World of Warships, maybe something that happened that you don't understand and need an explanation on, I'd be more than happy to give that to you and uh, read it out on the next episode. Or not, if you don't want it read out, I guess, if you're, you know, a party pooper. Anyways, that's it for today, and until next time, Captains... (laughs) 